There's so much anxiety and there's so much pain. There's so many people struggling, not just the kids who are struggling, which is crazy amount of struggles, crazy amount of kids struggling, but even adults. And I'm always shocked and I'm always in so much pain. This person is worried about having children. This person has children. He's worried about this one is Shaduchim and this one is Parnassah and this one is Shalom Bayez. It seems like people are walking around with so much and each time it really pains me and as it should and it really like, it kind of surprises me. Now, I was learning Nesiva Shalom and he's talking about Dveikos Bashem, being connected to Hashem, feeling connected to Hashem. And in that mimer, he says, and when you're not connected to Hashem, then you're living in a world of sadness and pain. And when he said that, it, it just hit me. And I'm an American-born born kid, right? And, and these words did not sit well with me. And I really spent a lot of time, I guess I have too much time on my hands. <laughs> not really. But I've been spending years with these words percolating. Besides for Dveikas Bashem, Torah Mitzvahs, it's a world of, of sadness and pain? Why? And and I think that this is a chidush, to me it was, and I think that the more we think about it, the more layers there are to the core of the issue of so much. I think that in America, we grew up differently than in any period of time since the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. Because from the Chorban Beis HaMikdash of Galos until America, life was terrible. The best life was terrible. People had children and buried a lot of them. Kids didn't make it. Burying children was like a norm. People were poor. People went to bed hungry. You know, and even as wealthy as they were, I mean, they didn't have the cushy socks that we have. The poorest people today have more luxury than the richest people. Think about it, just indoor plumbing. I mean, could we live with outdoor plumbing for a week? Having to go out in the middle of the night? scary, it's dark, without puffs or Kleenex, triple ply tissues. And it's like, I think that what happens is, is that we grew up, as we should, enjoying life, and we were worried about there being a lot of spoiled people, which is a different story, which unfortunately we don't really have that we have so many people in pain. I'm not talking about the money issue and the spoiled issue, I'm talking about the emotional unhealthiness but here's, here's the core issue. The core issue is that I think a lot of people expect life to be great. And the Nesiva Shalom here is saying, life's not great. Hmm. So I think in America, part of the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you know, it's true that we just survived the Holocaust and my father's whole family was murdered in the Holocaust. And yet, just one generation later, I didn't grow up with that pain and trauma. Some of you did. Older people, some of you had parents screaming and who survivors. But basically, I grew up in a very American apple pie world. And even in the Chesidah which wasn't American apple pie, Brady Bunch world, but it was fun. And we go to camp in the summer, and life is good, and we have, we have food. Nobody's going to sleep hungry. I'm not talking about severe, extreme cases. Everybody has a minimal amount of clothing, Life is supposed to be great. And when something's not great, we just 
I think besides not dealing with it, there, there's two parts. One part is we're just so shocked. Look, why is my life not great? Life is supposed to be great. I just met somebody 65 years old. He's dealing with a few kids who need shaduchim. He He's dealing with parnasa issues. He's like, really, honestly, he wouldn't mind not being around tomorrow. He doesn't think life is great. He thinks life is horrible. And it's not just him. I mean, he's a great guy and he has everything, his personality and family and, and he's from and Erloch, keeps Shabbos. All the Torah is, is there, but it's like not connected to his life because life is not about Torah and Dveikos. Life is about having a smooth sailing, uh, having, having an easy life. Your kids grow up, everything's fine, they get married, they have kids right away. And then all of a sudden, if they don't have kids, it's like, oh, it's it, people are crying, and they should. I'm not taking away from the pain. I'm saying that, I don't know if, you, if you're with me. Are you following me? There's, number one, there's a certain shock of an expectation that we had that has a false expectation. There's an expectation that we have, and our children have it more, and each generation more and more, that life is going to be great. You look at these kids, they're 10 years old, they're 12, they're 14. I'm not talking about off the dark crisis, I'm talking about regular kids. And they just really think they're just going to come back from Israel, they're going to get married, they're going to have shidduchim, they're going to have kids, they're going to be happily married, they're going to have money, everything's going to go great. And it usually, usually, usually does not work out like that. And those who have earlier years that are good, very often later on in life, they have struggles. And then Nesiva Shalom says, this is a world of struggle. A world of pain, a world of, world of challenges, and it really, like, I, could, I couldn't, I think that this is the first thing, that we really look at the world as supposed to be bubblegum and gumdrops and lollipops. And then we don't have the tools. And therefore, not us, not only us, but our children and our grandchildren, they don't have the tools. And it goes, it goes way back down to a two-year-old in, in shul. When we grew up, you know, a hundred years ago when I was a kid, you got a lollipop. If it fell down and cracked, you cried and that was it. Now, if a lollipop, lollipop, you know, falls down and the kid starts crying, everybody's like, shh, don't worry about it. Here's, take six. And, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. I, I, we can't fight this. I'm just saying is that the, the shock of things not going my way and not having any ability to deal with it before running to therapy or going to get on medication or finding drugs to, to help me with it. There, there's so much that we're supposed to have built in and we seem to be maybe lacking, lacking that resilience and lacking a place to go, a place to turn to when you're sad, when you're forlorn, when you're depressed when when you're nervous, when you're when you're when you're messed up, when you're in a bad situation, I think our grandparents used to go to sleep at night with a tehillim, and not with watching whatever they're watching, whether it's Gaiish stuff or Jewish stuff. But they went to sleep with Hashem. There was a certain thing of Hashem is in our life. There's a certain thing called dvekus, connection to Hashem. And I'm not saying that if you have dveikos, you won't have depression and anxiety, mental health issues. I'm saying, though, that a lot of what we go through, and even if we have sickness, physical, emotional, or psychiatric, but having a core, a healthy inner core of belief that is practical, not just this 
you know, I, I enjoy davening when I'm in the mood, and then when I can't, I just can't daven, and that's it. But having a religion, a connection, a lifestyle that is building up our core to deal with challenges that come across, not to be like, what? And lost. And really, that's what Yiddishkeit is. Says the Nesiva Shalom, just for example. Ki imcha mekar chayim, nira ar. He says, when I am with you, Hashem, ki imcha, when I am with you, Hashem, mekar chayim, I'm attached to, to the, the source of life, and I feel strength. Ba'archa, in your light, nira ar, I'll see light. When I'm sitting in darkness, Hashem early, Hashem is my light. And I feel like what we have is when we're in darkness, the therapist is my light. The psychiatrist has to give me medication. And again, I want to be very, very clear. I'm the last person to tell somebody not to go for help. But even if you go for help, it has to be after this. If this isn't enough, you need to go for help. And this is also the journey in going to a doctor. Just like if you have to go for physical medication, you have to go for mental medication, I'm fine with that. I don't think that, you know, this can handle everything. So I just want to be clear. Until you need medication, for all life's bumps, we are supposed to have something to hold on to when things are dark. And if we need medication because we're in a mental health crisis or a physical health crisis, we are meant to hold on even stronger while we do that and get the help we need, stronger to something. And that is something called Tveikos Bashem, feeling connected to the Almighty. And it's terrible that it's not inculcated and a part of the whole system of education of our children. Until I was 30 years old and I stumbled on Nesiva Shalom, I, I learned, I davened, I didn't feel that this is connected to Vegas by Hashem. I didn't realize that when I'm doing, putting on tefillin, I'm doing stuff, that this is connecting me to Hashem. And then I learned Nesiva Shalom, which I highly recommend. And I realized that the reason we have Tyre and Mitzvahs is only so we have a way to connect to Hashem. And those who are connected to Hashem deeply especially in a time of darkness, have that inner therapy, inner calm and peace. Look at the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim, the gedolim, you read the biographies, many of them lost children, many of them went through the war, and they saw many of their friends and family murdered, and they were connected. How did they get out of the depression? Dveikus. Hashem gave us certain things to shine light on us. And for those of us that are from, and we're doing it, and we're not feeling the light, it's because we're doing it without even understanding what it's for. I'll give you an example. It's an endless topic. I just, I, I don't want to go through the whole thing because we don't have all night. At least I don't. But I want to bring out a point. I want you to go search. We don't need to go to Buddha to learn meditation and yoga, which are all, you know, yoga is fine. But we have that built in to everything in Torah and Mitzvahs, and somebody forgot to teach us this. Torah is a, it comes from the word of 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 Myra. It's it's showing us, and it's a, a, a that's in the Torah. It's a light. When you learn Torah's Hashem, you're connecting to God. It's the blueprint of the world. You have to feel different after you learn than before you learned. When you dive into Hashem. 
That is our meditation. We have Shemayin Esrei. If we're, if we're going to really be able to, if we would do this properly, we would feel, Hashleich al Hashem Throw your pack, your pekala, your packages, your problems on God. And He will sustain you and, and give you salvation. You have to feel better after davening than before. It's not a chore. The biggest gift that Hashem gave us is Shabbos. And yet we could have from people, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, who have no idea what Shabbos is. Guess what? Hashem did not give us Shabbos to rest. Hashem didn't say, I'm worried that my Jewish people are going to overwork. They're going to just work so hard. They need to have a day off. I want them to eat. They're not eating enough. I want them to have a day where they eat so much. I want them to eat, sleep, drink, be merry. Forget about the world. Totally not the purpose of Shabbos. The day of Shabbos was so we remember Hashem. So we connect to Hashem. And if we don't connect to Hashem, then everything that we do, it's not for Hashem because it didn't attain the purpose. I'll give you an example. Somebody who wants to get engaged, he needs to connect to the girl. So he buys flowers, depends where you're from, you do things, or if you're married already, you have an anniversary, you want to have dveikos, you want to have connection, you do things. The point of all the things you're doing is to connect, to have dveikos neshama, to become one. But if you don't have that thought and you just do the thing, you're going to be very alone. You're not going to connect. Like I always tell the parents, when you buy the gifts and 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 give cards to your children and you just leave it on their bed, you're missing out on dveikos of with being connected to your children. Shabbos was given to us as a yom menucha uktusha la'am chanosata, a day of holiness and rest, meaning to take away all the anxiety and busyness of the week and shut down and disconnect from all of the noise so we can connect to Hashem. But if the Shabbos ends and we forgot about Hashem, all of it is a waste of time. Don't break Shabbos. A lot of people say, oh, then I'm not going to keep Shabbos. No. But don't forget why it was given to us. Look what Hashem does. He says, I want you to spend a day with me because I know if we didn't have Shabbos and all we had is six days of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then it went straight to Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We would forget about Hashem completely because we would have no serenity. So Hashem says, I'm sticking a seventh day into the calendar. Every seven days is Shabbos, Hayoyim, Lashem, Elikecha. This is going to be our day. Not only that, I will give you by the end of the year the same amount of money for working as if you would have worked seven days. Hashem adjusts our budget. You work six days. You work six days. To sleep as much as you can until you're half dead. To eat as much as you can. To get drunk and forget about Hashem. No. There's a purpose. Don't do anything else. Just focus on me. And Hashem says, not only that, you're a human being and you have to connect to me, the Almighty. How are you going to do it? Hashem could have said, I would have thought, 26 hours, 25 hours of Yom Kippur. Dress in a kittel, don't eat, don't drink, don't be human. Hashem says, no, I know you can only do that once a year. Be human. But be mechabed me. 
as a human is mechabed a melech. Not bad. Buy nice clothing for the day. Dress up beautifully in your finest, like you're going to a wedding. Really? Who's going to pay for that? Hashem says, my credit card. Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. Make a beautiful suda. The suda is not for you people. It's the suda for me that you people are making. And if you do that, I will pay for it. You'll pay for it. I can get corned beef, pastrami. I can get meat boards. Hashem says, if you're doing it for me, sure. Says in the Siva Shalom, it doesn't say to be ma'aneg as atzmecha b'shabbos, to give yourself fulfillment and pleasure. It says, ha'ma'aneg as ha'shabbos. You have to be ma'aneg the Shabbos, which is Shabbos is the dveikos, yoim dveikos between us and Hashem. Ma'aneg as ha'shabbos, you get paid back. Ma'aneg yourself on Shabbos, Nope. That's not the point. Hashem says, I will pay all the expenses. Really? So, I don't have to worry? No. When you go into Shabbos, it says, Ki'ilu kol asuya. You make believe like, the world is dead. It's over. The, the world is not one long continuation. It's a week. The Archaim HaKadosh says, that the world was created for only six days. The battery of the world is six days. Shabbos recharges the battery so it can last another six days. Who makes Shabbos, says the the Arachayim HaKadosh, if no Jew would keep Shabbos, there is no Shabbos. We keep Shabbos. We are Shemesh Shabbos. When we keep Shabbos, there is Shabbos. It's meant for humans to keep. If there would be no Jew in the world keeping Shabbos, there would be no Shabbos, the world would be over. That's why Miyoyim Briyasa Oilam until today from the day that Hashem created the world until today says the Rechaim HaKadosh there was never somebody who did not keep Shabbos. There was always one Jew in the world keeping Shabbos. Shabbos is Hashem giving you the shovel and saying you shovel the snow. But you got to shovel the snow. We are the ones who make Shabbos. That's why it says Kala Oimir Vayichulu Whoever says Vayichulu which means that we keep Shabbos Nase Shutafim HaKadosh Baruch Hu In my Seberatius says the Nesiv Shalom. Whoever heard of such a thing Hashem creates the whole world You say Vayichulu Hashem Baruch You become a, par- a partner? Can you imagine? Somebody goes ahead borrows a hundred million dollars from the bank He builds an 80-story building he goes through all of the terch of building this building. Five years later, it comes the opening day, and you show up. I'm a partner, 50% partner. You snip the, 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 the bow, the ribbon. I'm a partner. He says, whoever heard of such a thing, one person does all the work. Hashem created the whole world, the whole world, and you become a shulta for my separations by saying vayichulu. Says, because if you didn't say vayichulu, if we don't keep Shabbos, then the world is destroyed. So kumt ois, it comes out that every Jew that keeps Shabbos is a partner in my separations of the next week. The point is, please open up our minds, is that Hashem gave us things that the Nesiva Shalom says shine light on a Jewish mind. Shabbos, Yantif, different times of the year to, to give us light in the darkness. Because Hashem said, the world is a horrible place. There's a lot of pain here. And if you're going to hold on to me, Ki imcha mekarchayim. When we hold on to Hashem, we're attached to a source of life. And we know this, because you look at the tzaddikim, no matter what they went through, the Chidush buried, I believe, 12 children. 
And he was able to have simcha in his life because he was connected to Hashem. And we can't handle if we stub our toe and we have a bad day. Now, of course, we're not expected to do that. Niskat Nuhadaris, the Dairis are so weak. We're so emotionally weak. But we're not even trying because it's like, whoa, somebody showed me, look, I just found this amazing book on Emuna. There was a, a big Rosh Hashiva told me that we want to have a meeting together with the Rosh Hashivas. We want to teach children Emuna. Like, good morning, America. If you don't have Emuna and you don't have Bitachin to rely on, Bitach Bashem, Vasei Toiv. If you don't have betachin and Hashem, kihu balarachamim biyarachamecha says the Nisiva Shalom, that he is a balarachamim, the all merciful and he'll have mercy on you, then, then how are you going to get through life? Of course we're going to just, there's a problem and right away I need medication and, and therapy and this trauma treatment and that trauma treatment. And again, I'm not saying if you're traumatized not to go. I'm saying is that for the, a lot of the regular stuff, we would never need it. And if you need it, it would be a lot easier if you didn't feel all alone in the world. There was a big tzaddik, and Nesiva Shalom brings down the story. I forgot the name of the tzaddik. He lost his wife. His kids were all married. He was older. Came to the first time that he was alone for Shabbos, and someone said, it must be lonely for you. Human nature is, yeah, it's lonely. He didn't have a wife. He's all alone. And he said, alone? I was never alone, and I will never be alone, because I'm always with Hashem. Corny, right? It sounds so corny. Oh, you're always with Hashem? But he lived that way. There were Jews in the Holocaust who went through so much, but they were holding on to Hashem. If you feel that Hashem is with you, says the Nesiva Shalom, you're not missing anything because you're not expecting life to be great. You have the important thing. You're connected to the Almighty. Doesn't mean that you don't have pain. Doesn't mean you don't have problems. It means you don't have to go to a therapist. You have a therapist. This is the part that I think that we're missing in our Yiddishkeit, because if you leave Shabbos feeling as distant to Hashem as the beginning of Shabbos, then it doesn't matter what you did, you missed the boat. The mushal that I gave, I, I, I thought of this myself, I'm so proud. I love this mushal. It's true, it's a true story. I was once in the ocean, and I was there for about 20 minutes, and I, I wasn't swimming, I was just, I don't know what you do in an ocean, you just do this and that. And then I went back onto the beach, and the craziest thing happened. You're not going to believe this. My shoes were gone. My stuff was gone. My towel was gone. All my stuff was gone. But then I looked up. My hotel was gone. Who steals in a hotel, a hotel in 20 minutes? I looked all the way down to the left. And I saw my hotel. Like like a half a mile away. You know what? You know what happened? When you're in the ocean, there's a undercurrent automatically moving you. If you're not anchored down, you will float away. The next time I went to the ocean, every three, four minutes, I made sure, oh, there's my hotel. I went back. I kept on going back. That's Shabbos. We float away from Dveikos Bashem because we're busy and tarud umavobal, busy and confused with so much going into our minds, so little time for Hashem, because the serenity is so little in our lives today. And Hashem says, here's your anchor. It's like a string, and you can only go six days away from Hashem, because boom, then you get pulled back in. That's the point of Shabbos, to come back 
to point A. Because if we didn't have that, we would float so far away, we wouldn't even recognize ourselves. Hashem says, I'm giving you this day to stop everything and have serenity. Have peace of mind. Spend it with your family. I'm not talking about the pain of people who don't have family. There's a lot of pain out there. But even they need to know they're not alone. Shabbos is you and Hashem. You're meant to feel close to Hashem on Shabbos, whether you're with your family or whether you're in a hospital bed. And Sadiqim did that. Sadiqim were alone in the hospital for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, or Sukkot. And they, of course it affected them, but not their core. Because it's a day to connect to Hashem. And I connected to Hashem even more without the distractions. Yes, I heard beeping and the food wasn't that good. But that's not what Shabbos is really all about. I learned Nesiva Shalom and I took out from these things that we're not prepared for the world. And we're not preparing our children for the world. And so I spent 10 years of my life, five years writing GPS, Navigation for Your Soul, based on the writings of Nesiva Shalom that I feel are relevant for our youth and for ourselves. The middle section is how to live with pain. How to deal with Nesiyanis. Avram Avinu, was the only one in the world who recognized God. Don't you think that after he recognized Hashem, Hashem should have said, ding, 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 you just won a wonderful life. He gets whisked away, and he has servants, and he could just be on the beach in a hammock, get massages all day, or let's call it Ruchnius, right? Being davik to Hashem without any distractions. Instead, he gets nesayin, 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 nesayin. His wife is abducted twice. He has to move, he has to go. Hashem tells him... I want you to murder your son after he's preaching love and kindness and happiness to the whole world. What a horrible life. Yitzchak, horrible life. Yaakov, horrible life. He even complained about it. Who had a good life? Yosef, Atzadik, David HaMelech, Abashemtiv, Redifus, people chasing them, wanting to kill them. Terrible, painful challenges was always a part and parcel of being alive. Why? Because Hashem has a different plan of what this world is all about. And I'm all for everybody enjoying this world, and I would like everybody to have the most fun that they can. And if you have it, you have it. But if you don't build up your core muscles of emunah, bitachin, and understanding, tevekos Hashem, and how to cling to Him in times of darkness, then when it hits, and the kids are not prepared for it, they don't know what to do. Of course, their amuna and their bitachan are going to get shaken to the core when they go through traumatic stuff and they go through difficulty in their lives. Of course. That's why we should be working on it since the day they're born, inculcating this into them at the Shabbos table. And I've made another safer called CPR, resuscitation for your soul, which is all about Shabbos, ideas from the Nesiva Shalom, Examples like the one I just gave you and a lot of other stuff for teens of all ages. Everybody needs it. Somebody who Nebuchadnezzar had, he was very, very sick. And he told me, he's in his 60s, the middle part of GPS, which is about challenges, he said that kept him going. Because I took the most serious, serious ideas of dealing with challenges with my Harusa, my co-writer, Rabbi J.J. Shane. And I focused on that on a very easy way. 
but it's very deep. It's all medrash and nesiva shalom. Now, this was not meant to be an infomercial. I don't need the dollar that, that I'll get for, for selling a book. But you need to buy these books and to read them at your Shabbos table. Open up randomly. Read a story. Give it to the kids. Let them, let them feel something. Let them understand. We, how could you be 60 years old and not know what Shabbos is? You think Shabbos is a day to catch up on rest and party and have food and, and have lavish meals and that's what it is? You forgot the whole point? We're very good at that. We, we do the stuff, we forget the point, and then we end up feeling empty because it didn't do anything to us. Because I left my Shmanesre the same burdened as when I went in. I left Shabbos feeling just as disconnected from Hashem as spending 25 hours with Hashem, which is all He wanted for us. This is why He created the day. What are we thinking? There's so much serenity. Hanukkah, Purim, Pesach. I wish you would learn it. You can find a lot of Svarim. I tapped into Nesiva Shalom because it gives me all of that. It gives me all of that. But how can we not teach it to our kids? And then they hit a bump in the road. Something goes wrong. And it goes back to the way I opened up that we're totally shocked. Like, life is supposed to be amazing. Why in the world am I not married? Why in the world am I 26 or 28 and waiting for a shidduch? Why don't we have kids? Of course it's painful, but we have a whole heritage. We have so much connecting us to Hashem. Hashem is saying, I want you to go through painful challenges so you can prove that you don't let go of me through those challenges because that's what Hashem wants from us. And then we hit a challenge and we don't even know that that's what it is. Challenges are like somebody who's a professional, (laughs) this is my idea, a professional um, tight walk walker, tightrope walker. So he is amazing. He can go from the highest building to the next highest building. There's a little rope and he can walk across. Pretty amazing. But while he's walking across, people throw things at him and he's able to have a tennis racket and hit that and that and move this way and that way and not fall. Avram Avinu had tremendous kayach inside of him. Real emunah and bitachin. He believed that there is a one God who created the world. A new idea. Monotheism. There's not many gods, there's one God. So Hashem said, really? Prove it. And he put him through a challenge. And Avram didn't flinch. He passed the challenge, and he took that inside internal idea that I'd like to believe that there's a God that I could believe in and trust and all that. And yeah, I still felt it throughout all the pain. Throughout the whole problem. Give him another one. Give him another one. And in every life challenge, Hashem said, I found his heart to be nemon, trustworthy, that he didn't turn on me, that he didn't for once look up at Hashem and say, why me? I'm the only Jew. I'm the only one who even knows you exist that even cares about you. Why do you keep doing this to me? That's called emunah bitachin and Hashem and realizing that he could do whatever he wants and he's not doing it to hurt you. He's doing it because he wants you to build your core and use your muscles mikayach from being from being internally energy inside of you into the from the abstract into the pile into actually happening. That's why we have challenges to cling on to Hashem, and that's why the Nesiv Shalom brings down a medrash. That Hashem gives us challenges and rewards us for eternity. We hit challenges. Who's thinking about eternity? So, 
Everybody becomes very from, oh God, why are you doing this to me? Everybody, everybody gets very angry at Hashem when they're in pain. And sometimes we forget Hashem for all the good, but as soon as something goes wrong, I remember I was dealing with kids off the derech and, you know, he went through a hard time. He was cursing God. I said, oh, you believe in him now for all the bad stuff. You believe in him, but when things are good, you forget about him. Human nature, human nature. But the point that Hashem gave it to us is that when we go through hardships, we cling on to him because as long as we feel that we are connected to Hashem, who is the almighty, the eternal, unending, forever, we're holding on to something. We're not alone. It helps us. And when we, we realize that that's why Hashem is giving us the challenge, because that's what gives Him the ability to give us schar forever. That's our job. Imagine someone working, and he gets paid, and he goes up in the ranks, and he keeps on getting raises, and raises, and raises, and he goes to his boss, why do you keep on giving me more work? It's like, because I'm giving you more schar, more more reward. Don't you want more reward? You could stay at $13 an hour sweeping the floor as a janitor. No problem. But I made you a manager. Of course it's more work. Because you're going to get paid for that. And then I made you an executive. And then I made you on top of the exec. And you have so much pressure. And not everybody can handle the pressure. I'm giving you the pressure because I believe in you. And I'm paying you for it. And when you retire at 65 years old, you're going to have $100 million in your bank and you're going to be able to live out 40 years of your life on a boat somewhere. Hashem gives us these years here and He gives us eternity to live, having schar being nene miziv hashchina, which we, we, have to, we have to believe that that's worth something. To, to have an eternity of being close to Hashem, the Medrash says, says, Fortunate is the one that God punishes, chastises, hurts, gives pain, challenges. Correct the Medrash. The Medrash asks, Ashrei? Fortunate? Terrible. Horrible. Fortunate is the one who has no challenges. Fortunate is the one who has... No problem paying his bills and all his kids behave and everything's wonderful in his life. He whistles and he goes to work or he doesn't go to work and he has no health issues. But Ashrei Hagever Ashati Asrenu Ka That's the end of the Pasuk. Says the Madrish, learn from the Torah that all the people that we look up to all had Tsaris. Why should Avram Yitzchak Yaakov have tzaris and not us? We're not holier than Moshe Rabbeinu. We're not holier than all the Shvatim. We're not holier than people who went through the Holocaust and all the generations. Learn from the Torah, learn from our heritage that there's going to be pain. But why are they fortunate? Says the Medrash, imagine somebody that he makes pots and pans and he goes out to sell his wares. So he goes to the market. A million people are selling stuff and he's got pots and pans and he wants to show that his pots and pans are made really well. So what does he do? He holds up the pot by the handle, takes a baseball bat and he starts whacking it. Everybody's looking. He says, look how good my quality is that I can whack it as hard as I want and it doesn't, it doesn't break. Says the Medrash. Hashem wants to show the Malachim and Shemayim, the Pamal Yishamala, all the angels in heaven. Look, 
I'm going to create a world. And I'm going to downgrade you, angel, into this little, basically like a cow, but with a little bit of a brain. I'm going to stick a little chip in him. I'm going to give him some intellect, but I'm going to give him taiva of a behema. He's going to be part angel, part cow. That's what we are. We're part angel, part behema. We're murkov. We are grafted. Grafted between angel that just wants to be good, be close to Hashem, do all the right things, yada, yada, yada. V'chula, v'chula, v'chula. Or wants to just graze and eat and make ourselves feel good and have physical pleasure and emotional pleasure and not care about what's coming tomorrow, not care about the future and just do what feels good and have a great time. A lot of people are, are very jealous of cows. And I'm just picking cows. Some people like zebras or monkeys. They don't have any rules. Nobody tells them how to dress and how to tie your shoes and what to say when you leave the bathroom. They just do whatever they want. And some of them have this like, you know, like dolphins. I love dolphins. They always look like they're smiling. What are they so happy about? So we're, we're a murkov. We're grafted between these two things. And Hashem wants something from us. He wants us to have challenges and wants and needs and problems issues, and yet he wants us to be so connected to him. It's hard to say the words, but that's what the Medrash says. Hashem takes tzaddikim, takes Jews, and he whacks us like that person with the pots and pans. And sometimes it hurts really bad. And he shows off to all the angels. He says, look what I can do to Moishi, to Chani, to Chaim. Look what I can do to them. And they never forget me. And they still daven. And even when I make it hard for them to concentrate, they do, the, they do the best they can. And Hashem knows how hard it is for us. And He judges by effort. And all the tzaddikim say that one little effort for us is equal to, in the past generations, so much more. Hashem understands us. But we have what to cling on to. And Hashem, when we are Aymeru Muskaber and the Nisayin, or we are upset about it, or we fail, but we fail like winners instead of like losers. We fail with dignity. We fail with regret. Siva Shalom says, Hashem doesn't look at those sins. Hashem does not look at the avarice, the sins, the iniquity of the Jewish people. He doesn't see the rebelliousness of Klal Yisrael. Hashem Elikov Imoi. Hashem, their God, is with them. So the Nesiv Shalom says, What do you mean Hashem doesn't look at our sins? Everybody knows. Anybody who says that Hashem doesn't care, it means like you give up on your life. What do you mean Hashem doesn't look at your sins? Says the Nesiv Shalom. Azah sin, that type of sin, that b'shaz hachet, that while he's sinning, Hashem Hashem is with him and he's thinking, I don't want to do this. I feel so terrible that I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? I said I wasn't going to do this. I wish I wasn't doing this. On such a sin, Yisrael. 
Think about it deeper. The angel comes running to Hashem. Look what Maishi's doing. Look what Maishi's doing in Avera. Hashem says, hold on, let's turn on the x-ray vision. Let's go ahead and turn on the night vision goggles. Let's look at what's going on. And inside he sees that Chaim is saying, I don't want to do this. Hashem says to the angel, get out of here. That's what you're bringing me? A Jew that doesn't want to sin, but is sinning because... He's human and he can't be Ayman bin Asayin. That's what you got. Famously brought down from one of the Chesidah Sherebis, probably the Kedusha Slevi, or the Naim Elimelech. He said that there was never an angel that was created from sin of a Jew that is a full, complete angel. It's always missing something. So, he's missing a leg, he's missing an arm, something's missing. There's never a complete angel that's created from our sins because deep down, we, we don't want to do it. And on such a sin, Hashem knows what's going on inside. He just wants us to try. And there's so much more to say, but the point is, number one, we have to stop thinking life is supposed to be great. No, life is supposed to have challenges. Then when I get a challenge, I'm not so shocked. We have to teach our children that I wish you never have a challenge, but life is not like that. You're going to have challenges. That's not the time to fall apart. That's the time to use your training and rise above everything to connect to Hashem and to hold on with all of your might. And Hashem understands that you're weak and He's just looking for the krechts, for the inside, for the moan, and He understands you and you just, just hold on to Him. Teach our children how to be Ayman bin Nisayin. How is this not part of the curriculum? And if it's not in the curriculum in yeshiva, make it the curriculum of your home, for your children, for your grandchildren, for yourself. Be ready for the Nisayan. Everything in life is a Nisayan, says Reb Nachum Chernobyl. The same way that Avram Avinu was Nisnasa with Asar Nisayinus, just like Avram Avinu had ten life challenges, so too kal echad ve'echad mi Yisrael. Every Jew is going to have ten life challenges. Some people say that's it. feels like a lot more. Ten life challenges. Some of them are, are many years. A kid off the derech, not having children, not not finding a shidduch. They're sugis in life. Every Jew is going to go through ten challenges. And if we don't learn how to be melumed b'mochama, if we don't teach ourselves and our loved ones how to fight when a challenge happens, we will be lost. And what does that look like? Can't daven to Hashem. Don't feel connected to Hashem. Feel Hashem turned his back on me. Start not being sure where I am with this whole relationship with Hashem. Not being able to daven properly, pay attention properly, think, connect, not look forward to Shabbos to save me, not look forward to Yontif. Darkness, darkness and more darkness. Says the Nesiv Shalom from the Beis Avram, there's words that we say shvuas and akdamas. That when darkness comes, and a person is in a forest, let's say, when darkness comes, all the animals come up, the snakes, the scorpions. It's a dangerous place to be in a forest at night. But when the sun comes up, they all run away. When you have darkness in your mind, spiritual darkness, then that's when all the taiva comes up and all the dangers come up all the scorpions and all the snakes that want to bite us and ruin us and take us down, and that's when all the taiva starts to 
look really good to us and we don't have defenses against it and we start being attacked from all over with whatever is the soup du jour, the Nisayan du jour, the challenge of the day. These days it's emotional pain, depression, anxiety, all these type of things. Whatever's going on at that point in the world that's going to attack you used to be the Haskalah. These guys come and say, forget Torah, religion, come with us. It was always something waiting for the person who's in pain. And we have so much pain. And if we are not malumad b'muhammad, we're not black belts in building up our children to deal with their pain that kal echad ve'echad mi Yisrael, every single Jew is going to have ten nisayinus if we don't teach ourselves and our loved ones and our children and our grandchildren how to fight battles. And all the Torah and mitzvahs that they're doing is going to fall away. They're not going to be able to hold on to it. This is the curriculum, Rabbi Isai. This is what we need to teach our children. And it can be done, even at young ages. Hashem gives people challenges. And, and sometimes, the challenge is not to forget Him. And many times, says the Nesiva Shalom, the challenge is just to accept the pain. Nesiva Shalom says, Something unbelievable. And we'll end with this. He says that every time Hashem gives a challenge, sometimes there's something to do. Sometimes there's not even anything to do. But either way, the point of the challenge is to accept and trust in Hashem. So he'll make one person, Chas v'shalom, Rachman, lose his money. The point is that he should still believe Hashem is good. And this person will go through this challenge and that challenge, and the point of it is not to do or not to do. Sometimes this is shtadlus, but that's not the point of it. The point is to accept that Hashem is toiv, that Hashem is good. And he brings a raya. Avraham Avinu had ten nisyanis, ten challenges. Two of them, there wasn't even any maisa to do. There was no shtadlus, there was nothing to do. So what's the challenge? They, they, they took away Sarah. What's the challenge? He couldn't do anything about it. They abducted her. What's the, well, how is that one of the Asar Nisianis? The answer is, he had a choice to say, why? Why me? Why? What are you doing? What, what's going on over here? I, I, and lose himself, or to have serenity. As we said, his heart was Nemon. I believe I could be tranquil even in such a matzav, I know I don't need to understand why. You don't owe me an explanation, God. I know everything is for the benefit. Everything is for good. It's going to either be good now or just by accepting that it's good, that's the good because I'm going to get rewarded in the next world when the whole Pamali Shamal and all the angels come together and Hashem says, look what I can do to a Jew and he still believes that I'm good. Says the Nesiva Shalom, the point of every life challenge is just to accept that Hashem is good. Sometimes, if it's a money challenge, yes, there's certain hishtadlus. You have to try to get a loan. You have to try to go here. You have to try there. If it's a health issue, you don't just stay home. You go to the doctors. But don't think for one second that that's the Nisayan. The Nisayan is on inside. You're going to think that Hashem forsook you. Is that how you say it? Forsake you? I don't know English. Did he forsake you? Or is he with you holding your hand? And what is Amida bin Nisayan? Amida bin Nisayan is saying... I don't need to understand why I'm having this pain. 
I was waiting for it. I know that every Jew has Nisirinus, and I'm going to hold on to you and believe 100% that you're good. Teach this. Teach this. This is the core. And it would save a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression and a lot of emuna problems, bitachin problems and life problems and depression, walking around falerin, messed up and forlorn and downtrodden. And that's why you look at the tzaddik and they didn't have great lives, but they had a great life. We can't do what they can do, but we have to up our game. And if we start with kids, at least the next generation, let's get them strong now, teach them karate now, so they'll be a white belt and a yellow belt and a green belt and a muna and bitachin. And then, and then when, when they get hit, they'll, they'll have skill. They'll have something to hold on to. But if we just ignore it and we're busy teaching them Chumash and Rashi and Mishnayis and Gemara and we don't connect it to Dveikus Bashem and we don't explain to them what Shabbos is that they, instead Shabbos, I'm bored out of my mind. What, what, what is it? I don't want Shabbos. I want to go to a club. A home sweet homeboy told me. If Hashem said every seventh day you should go to a club, I would be Shema Shabbos. I would be so from, I would go every seventh day to a club. That's what I like doing. God likes to rest, so I got to rest? He's dictating to me what to do? I don't like resting. I don't want to rest. I want to party. No understanding of what Shabbos is. It's not about partying, and it's not about resting, and it's not about drinking, and it's not about kiddish, and it's not about anything except honoring it so that way you can feel you could bring yourself closer to Hashem. It says, Ki'ilu we said before. When Shabbos comes, it's as if all your work is done. There's even a beautiful song about that. Because all your work is done. But listen to that. Nesiva Shalom says, even Ruchnius. If what is being matred you, mavalbal you, if what is making you upset and down is, is your fight with the Yitzhahara and feeling bad about your sin and about your Yiddishkeit level, if that's what's getting you down, even on your Ruchnius. Stop the fight. It's over now. Now is your time to get on the plane, on the jet with Hashem and just be private time with Hashem. The time to shower is before you're in front of the king. Erev Shabbos is the time to go to the mikveh and to prepare. But if you didn't have time or you didn't know about it or you didn't do it, and now you're in front of the king, smelly, you just stand there and you enjoy the connection with the king. Shabbos is about connecting to the king. And the more we prepare for Shabbos, the more of a connection we'll have. And that's why it's so important to learn about preparing for Shabbos. That's why in Tanoim already, that they would buy the nicest thing for Shabbos, for Shabbos, why they needed to have the nicest piece of meat on Shabbos. Why couldn't they have the nicest piece of meat, Lel Shishi, like a lot of us do? Go get your cholent and stuff. Why do you have to wait for Friday night? Friday night cholent. Or Shabbos day cholent. You have a Lel Shishi. The answer is because it wasn't about the food. It was about that this is going to make my body feel good so I can let go of my bodily needs and I can then let my mind connect to Hashem. It's like treat the body. It's like a, it's like a, um, like a fake, you know? Like get the body happy, dress up nicely, feel calm, shut down the phones, shut down everything, go to shul, daven, have a beautiful meal so that you can connect to me. But if you schluff through the meal and then you have a 16-hour sleep and you drink and you drink too much and you get drunk or you fight, you argue, or you schmooze or you talk Lashon Hara, you do mitzvahs, you do Averis, whatever, you waste your time and you forget about God, why in the world should He pay the bill? 
Even if your matzav situation of ruchni is, is getting you down, that's also over when Shabbos comes. You're, you're in front of the king. And, and, and that's the way the Nesiv Shalom, sorry, I have to add this in. That's the way he explains the Machlekes in the Gemara. One, one Gemara tells you that if you don't have money for Shabbos, that you, you should, you should eat tuna fish, you know, and, and don't borrow money. The other one says, Lava alai vani pareya. You can borrow money for Shabbos and I'll pay it back. Says in the Shalom, what do you do? One of them says, you put it on Hashem's credit card bill. You go to your friends, you borrow money. How are you going to pay them back? You have no way of paying them back. Doesn't matter. Ani pareya. Hashem says, I'm going to pay for it. And the other one, it says, it's better that you should eat a tuna fish sandwich or, or, or hard bread, the ayitztarach libriyas, and you shouldn't have to come on to anybody. Stira. Says the Nesiva Shalom, because it depends on what your idea of Shabbos is. If it's lava alai, if you're feeling that, that I, I'm doing this for you, Hashem, I'm, I'm making a suda to, to, to be mechabed you because I'm a human, I'm not an angel. So the only way that a human can be mechabed somebody is with beautiful food. So we're going to dress up as if you're a human king coming, and I'm going to dedicate the meal to you, and I'm going to eat. People say when they eat, Lakavit Shabbos Kodesh, it's not a joke, it's to remind ourselves that focusing that this is for Shabbos Kodesh, and I feel closer to you because of it, and then I sing Zmiris on Shabbos. Somebody who eats a whole meal and doesn't sing Zmiris is basically saying, this is not about you, God, stay out of it. You can have the nicest meal, Likavid Shabbos, no Zmiris, no Dvartaira, or, and a quick Dvartaira, nobody has patience, we don't have patience for this. You're not connecting to Hashem. Why on earth does Hashem need you to have a lavish meal on Shabbos that He's going to pay for? Don't borrow money. Al Yitzdarach Libriyas. Have a tuna fish sandwich. But if you realize that this whole day is to connect to me, and you do connect to me with every bite, and it's hard with the Gashmis, it's actually harder to connect to Hashem eating delicious food than it is on Yom Kippur when you're not eating. It's part of the trick. It's very hard. But at least when you finish the delicious food, sings mirrors to Hashem. Look at the words. If you don't know what they mean, how could you connect to Hashem? Read the English. Mikol Yamim. Read the words, read, say them, say the English, connect to Hashem, learn something that connects you to Hashem, feel connected, close your eyes and don't fall asleep and think about Hashem. Wow, sounds like a Baal Tshuva. Only Baal Tshuva is supposed to think about Hashem. Dveikos Hashem. And the Arizal says, Dveikos Hashem metaheres umichaperes. Automatically, when you have dveikus, you connect to Hashem. It's metahir us from all, it purifies us of all of our sins, all of our dirt. And it's mechaper us, atones for all of our sins. Shabbos is so beautiful. We leave Shabbos, mamash like a chassan, could be like a chassan on the day of his, uh, a day of his wedding. We leave, kol Hashem Shabbos kilchasa. I feel oivet avoy kadar enish moichlin loy. Hashem is giving us kapara, kaparas havoynos. But not if we forget about him. If we worked on our amuna and our bitachin, and we, we looked at the shining light that comes out of Amelos Batayra, and it comes out of dedication to mitzvahs in times that are difficult, and learning in the times that are difficult, and experiencing the beautiful, easy, fun parts without losing track of Hashem in it, 
of Shabbos and Yontif and experiencing the joy of every Yontif of what that's supposed to bring out, change who you are. Hanukkah is supposed to change who you are. If you go through eight days of Hanukkah and all you gained is 10 pounds, you did not experience a Jewish festival. Hanukkah is, is a Chag of Bitachin that gives you an injection of understanding what happened. If you don't experience some level of freedom from this world's addictions and being human over Pesach, you didn't experience the festival of Passover. You Manashevet stop your life. Go explain that to the younger people. It's not about saying and doing. We have to do everything. Don't stop. But it's supposed to bring you something. And if you don't think, you're a behema at a seder. You're a behema, a cow, that's taking karpas and dipping it in salt water, and you're going to get schar. You have to do it, and you better do it. And you get schar, tremendous schar for doing it. But where's our brain? So the point is that we don't feel connected to Hashem. Then an Nisayan comes, and then we're not connected to anything. And if we're not connected to anything, and we expect the world to be lollipops and gumdrops... Oh, what a world it will be. A world of of pain and disaster and being lost and having to run to every type of therapy and every type of medication to get us through it. And you know I'm not against that if you need it. But first, let's build up our core, or at least at the same time. Cling to Hashem when times are tough. Find Him. Go out and seek Him. The Breslov Hasidim would go into the fields. To us who are not Breslov, it seems uh, it's not, not what we do. But when you're in pain, go find a field. Go scream out to Hashem. Connect to Him somehow. I find personally, in my experience of life, that people who have physical illness cry out to Hashem much more than people who have emotional pain. Emotional pain puts us in a situation where we, we can't even put our thoughts together and we can't we can't connect our mind we can't dive and we can't concentrate and we can't call out and scream to Hashem and it's not the first time this happened to us that's what happened in Mitzrayim we lost the Kayach Hadibur it says that we couldn't speak out tefillah to Hashem it says that we couldn't even moan and groan to Hashem beautiful Nesiv Shalom. how can I not say it how did the, the Gula start we started to moan, and then that's what started the chain reaction of the Geula of Mitzrayim, of getting out of Mitzrayim. It says the Nesiv Shalom, it's 210 years, right? Why don't we start moaning a year before? Things were really bad a year before. Why that day, suddenly, what happened? Listen to this Nesiv Shalom, the opposite of what we would think. We think things got so bad, so that's it. We started to moan and groan. No, because it doesn't have to get so bad to moan and groan to Hashem. Could have been a little bit less bad. It was pretty bad. We were slaves. It was bad. We could have moaned and groaned earlier. He says, you know what happened? Before this man of Geula came, when it was in the Bria that Hashem... He, he made the, the, the calculations and he let us out earlier because of the Kaishiya Shibud, because the Shibud was too hard for whatever reason, whatever pshat that you want to learn. So it would hit that date, that time. Before that, 
We were so messed up and so much, we had so much pain that we couldn't even moan. Nothing came out. Somebody, um, somebody kicks you in the shin, you scream. A car runs over your foot and standing on your foot, you're in so much pain, you can reach a level of pain that you can't even moan. Says the Nesiv Shalom, when it came, the Zman of the Geula, Hashem needed to get the ball rolling. And it had to start with moaning, but we couldn't moan. Ozar lohem HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Ebishter made it easier for us, lightened the load a little bit, so at least we should be able to moan. It was moaning without words. The Zayar HaKadosh says, all Lashayinus of Anacha and Tza'aka, even Tza'aka and all of that, is without words. We couldn't formulate a sentence out of our pain. Emotional pain. I've seen people. Depression, anxiety, all kinds of bad stuff, trauma. Can't even, they can't even express it. They can't even go to a therapist and talk about it. That's why this trauma therapy that you don't have to express yourself is so much easier. They can't even talk, can't even say the words. There's so much pain. I have to add, sorry. Isn't this great? Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, go ahead, go to Parai and tell him, let my people go. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I mean, I think you got the wrong guy, Hashem. Uh, when you went through the yellow pages looking for speaker to represent Klal Yisrael, my name was not there. Kfad Peh, Kfad Lashayim, sorry, I can't speak. I, I just can't do it. Says in the Siva Shalom, yeah? And look at the rest of the Torah. He doesn't say this. I am like, he doesn't stop talking for a minute. The whole Torah afterwards, what happened? Says the Nesiv Shulim. The Kayach of the Manig. The Kayach of the Tzadik comes from the people. When the people had no power to speak, the Manig had no Kayach Hadibur. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I can't talk because Moshe was Kalul Nishmas Yisrael. That's why he was a leader. Whatever that means. Actually interesting, right? Because he, his neshama was called Kal Yisrael. And we're talking about Oiv De'Avai In order to be a manig, you have to also care about those who are on the bottom. He, he's the one who always defended all the sinners, Machini no by the eagle. He, he was only able to be the manig when he ran after that sheep and he cared about the one who didn't behave and he cared about Kal Yisrael when they messed up and he was willing to sacrifice himself for the sinners. That's what a manig is because his neshama was in order to be a man, you have to care about everybody, not just the good learners and the good people who are doing all the right things, but the messed up ones as well, no matter how much they mess up, like by the Cheto Ego, which was really bad. Really, 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 really bad. And Hashem says, I'm going to destroy them. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, Chutzpah, right? Chutzpah. He says, Hashem, if you do that, we're done. He threw his life on the line. Okay. Says the Nesiv Shalom. All of a sudden, he can't stop talking. He talks all over because then he got back to Kaya So when people are in pain, they can't even talk. That's what I find, that people in physical pain can cry out to Hashem and they can daven better than the people who are in emotional pain, psychiatric pain. is very, very bad. And you could find sometimes you can't even moan, you can't even... You're so weak. You feel like from one to a hundred, you don't have any energy to even be able to speak. I understand your pain. Like Hashem says, Ki adati He said to Moshe Rabbeinu, I know their pain in Mitzrayim, what they're going through. Ra'ay ra'isi is ani ami. I have seen the affliction of my people. 
I know what's going on inside of them. And we see today, and I'm doing this for 20 years, and I'm not comparing myself to anyone, but I get so many emails and so many people reaching out to me. There's so much pain in the world. Please have Rahmanas at least lighten up the, the load so we should at least be able to moan to get the ball rolling on the Geula. So many of us can't even speak. We need to get stronger. And those of us who are in it already, it's harder. We need to do it, cling on to it, hold on to it, and, and, and find a way to get serenity and to get all these things through dveikos, 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 and learning all these right type of svarim that we need in our dar. But I'm begging you, teach the children before it hits them. So when they go through their tenesianis, they'll have so much bulk of muscle. They'll look forward, oh, it's a terrible week, but Shabbos is coming, and Shabbos is ki'ilu asuyu, all this is over, and it's a day between me and Hashem, and I don't care about being bullied in school, and I don't care about anything, it's a vacation from my life, from my pain, it's a day between me, me and my Creator, and we very often forget that we even have a Creator. Do we even teach our kids that this life is temporary, we're here for a few years, and you can reboot, reconnect, plug in, plug in to the Almighty, it's unbelievable, because Hashem is, let's say, this big, right? Universe. We can't imagine how big. And He wants to connect to a little ant on the floor, Maishi, Chaim, me, you. How can, how can these two things connect? If you take your cell phone and you go to the nuclear, to the electrical power plant and you put your phone on there, it's going to blow up. If Hashem connects dots, it's going to blow up. You need a conduit. You need a system of tzimtzum, of getting smaller. So the, the electrical um, power plant you know, sends its stuff through these wires and then it goes to the corner and then the corner comes in and it goes into the amps and then there's an amp that makes sure it doesn't get, if it's too much power, it's going to trip to protect everything from blowing up, right? So it's the right amount of amperage, comes into a little wire, gets attached to an outlet, you get a little wire that goes from your phone, little thing, in to get a little bit of juice that your phone can handle without exploding. That's what Shabbos is. We cannot connect to Hashem, we will explode. So Hashem tells us, I'm giving you a conduit. This is between me and you, says the Nesiv Shalom. It's actually a bridge between me and you. One part of Shabbos is connected to a guy eating a piece of potato kogel, a human being, flesh and blood, sitting there and saying, And the other part is connected to the Almighty. That's Shabbos. And if we forget what we're doing there, we don't have Shabbos. Shabbos is going to give us rejuvenation. Shabbos is life. It rejuvenates us. It pumps us back up to have Dveikas Hashem because as long as I'm holding on to Hashem, I could survive this world and the pain of this world and do the Hishtavos and get the help you need. But I'm not alone Our whole mindset would be different and I think it goes back to the beginning that somehow for the first time in the universe we expected life to be great and every everything is great and everything is wonderful and everything is great and we're so shocked. When my father grew up in Poland even before the Holocaust, life was terrible. There were pogroms. 
People got beaten up for no reason. It was cold. They had to walk outside in the cold and went to sleep. There was no heater. There was no extra heater. There was no fluffy shoes. There was no, there was no remote starter on the horse and buggy. They didn't expect life to be easy and comfortable. And we do. And as soon as it's not, we lose ourselves completely. And the younger we are, it's, they get, they get lost so fast. And they're in so much pain. And we have a trufa. We have a medication, a treatment. It's called being connected to something much bigger than us and being able to tolerate stuff without losing ourselves, which will give us serenity in our brain, help us be dealing with our life challenges. And being oymed bin Isayin, which is the whole purpose of the challenge, to hold on and to say, I accept, says the Nesiva Shalom, when a Jew accepts the bad that Hashem gives him, the quote-unquote bad that we think is bad, that's painful for us, and accepts it internally, Hashem accepts him and his actions and his sins completely, and he gives him complete forgiveness. Hashem says, if I can do that to you and cause you pain, and you could accept that, I could accept the bad stuff you did to me. We're buddies. You accept me, I accept you. Complete kapara. It's your Yom Kippur. It's your Yom Kippur moment when something terrible happens and you could say, this hurts so bad and I don't understand that, but I believe in you and I know there's a reason and I don't need to understand what it is. I just believe that there's a reason. I don't, you don't owe me an explanation. I once had a parent in so much pain and she was saying, I just want to know why. I just want to know why. You have to know when to say this. You have to have a relationship in order to say this. Don't say this just to anybody. She knows how much sympathy and empathy I have for them for what they're going through. I said, well, the only way that you can know why is by Hashem telling you. So if you want, I can, I can arrange the appointment for you this evening. But I think you want to live a lot longer. The Ramban, the Rishan, the Ramban, had a Talmud who was dying. And he told his Talmud, here, I'm giving you a piece of paper. I don't know why it had to be written down. And I know you're going to pass away. And when you go up to Shemayim, I wrote on this paper a few questions that I have. I'd like you to come back to me in a dream and give me the answers. A few days later, the Talmud died. And then a few days later, he came in a dream to the Ramban and he said, I'm so sorry, but I have no answers for you because in heaven, there are no questions. We have to live heavenly to know that even though we have questions, they're really, it's just because we don't know. In heaven, there are no questions and we don't need answers. And I trust you, Hashem. And then Hashem says, really? You trust me even with that pain? And he tests us. But you get more schar for every level. Every time you get higher, you get a bigger test. It's true. But you get more schar for holding on to the only thing that we're down here to hold on to, which is belief in God and that He is good. Kitoyev Hashem, that Hashem is good. And that's a good deal. Because the bad stuff that Hashem we're having a relationship. He's giving us bad stuff that hurts us is really, really, really good. Because um, Ra never comes down from Hashem. 
Yarad Ra Milamala. Ra never comes down from Hashem. So what he's giving us that feels really bad, super horrible, terrible, depressing, sad, painful, is really good. And the Ra that we give Hashem, our sins, is really bad. And still Hashem says, if you could accept what, what feels like Ra to you, I'll accept the real Ra that you're doing, and I'll be you because we have a relationship. And that is a good deal. And every Jew likes a good deal. And that is a really good deal. So in closing, buy GPS and CPR. It's $50, basically. And open it up at your Shabbos table for yourself and for your loved ones. You could do it in order. Very short pieces. You could you could jump around. You can do a game with your kids or whoever the guests are there that everybody picks a number and whoever wins opens it up and reads something. You could read just the stories to the kids. But if we all embrace Nasiv Shalom directly, or if you can't, CPR and GPS, we will find ourselves living in a different sphere where things will happen. And we all know that, that a person can go through somatic experiencing, yoga, trauma therapy, and say, wow, since I did all this therapy, I can handle the bumps in the road better. I fall apart, but I, I get myself back quicker. It's not the end of the world. The darkness is not so bad. The clouds can get away faster, right? We can do all of that with Tyra. That's what Tyra was given to us for. That's what Dveikos means. And when we feel like we're shaking, we have to hold on tighter. It says the Nesiva Shalom, a marshal, an example of somebody who falls off a ship. There's a huge ship and a guy's falling. He fell off and he's drowning and he's going to die for sure. And the Kabranit, the captain, throws him a rope. And he says, hold on to this rope. Because as long as this rope is in your hands, you have life. We say in was nosna was given to the knani. Says the Nesiv Shalom from I forgot who he brings it down that even if somebody is behaving Rechman on such a low level that he's behaving like a Knani, which Hashem hated the 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 way the behavior of the Knanim, the worst goyim, Hashem throws down this Chagar, this belt, and it's given even to somebody bebechinus Knani, even somebody who's in the concept of behaving like Mamish Goy Gomer. You know, they say, what's the difference between a Yid and a Goy? What's the difference between a Jew and a Goy? He says, only a Yid can zan a Goy Gumur. Only a Jew can be a... You can't explain it. You can't explain it. A Goy is a Goy. A Yid, you say, he's a Goy Gumur. Like a real Goy. A full Goy. You can't explain it. Even if somebody's behaving like a real Goy. Shabbos, Hashem is throwing him down a Chevel, a rope, a Chagoy, the belt... The rope is given to every single yid, and Hashem says, Hold on to Shabbos. And as long as you hold on to Shabbos, you have life. But holding on to Shabbos is not the Shmir Shabbos that many of us do. It's the real Shmir Shabbos as it was intended to be. And how can we go through week after week and not even spend five minutes Forget about that the whole Shabbos was supposed to be Dveikus Bashem. We gotta start somewhere. We gotta start somewhere. At least the Shabbos table, at least ten minutes, five minutes. Make yourself every 
every Shabbos this week, this year, do five minutes of Dveikos Hashem. Read, read GPS or CPR and think about Hashem. And next year go to ten minutes. Is that too much? We have to start somewhere. Because otherwise we're empty. Even the biggest Bali Avera were full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. So why on earth do we feel so distant and so empty? Because even when we do mitzvahs, we don't feel the dveikus. Look at Nesiva Shalom Chelek Beis, page Shin Memches. I remember it because it says Sameach, happy. I have a whole shear on that. and We don't have time for it now. We gotta, we gotta get into this. We gotta, we gotta realize we're doing so many mitzvahs that connect us to Hashem. A mitzvah is a lushan of connection. Tzivsa, connecting us. Every mitzvah is not a command. God doesn't need us to do stuff. He's giving us opportunities to connect to Him. So for Malay and mitzvahs kareemin, we should be so full of ropes connecting us to Hashem. So why do we feel so distant and alone? And the Averis don't distance us. Averis is a different cheshman, and I've spoken about that separately, what we've learned from that. But why am I not connected to Hashem if I'm doing so many mitzvahs, kirimah, like pomegranate seeds are in a pomegranate, why am I so distant? Why do I feel so distant? We're so good. There's so much Torah. Where's the Ayra? Where's the Dveikus? We can't be busy with Sharshanagah Sapara, with learning the details of the Gemara and not realizing that we're connecting to Hashem through learning his Torah. It has to increase Tveikos. Hashem should help us that we should take what we already have and we should let it light up our brains, light up our emotions, like the Siva Shalom says, there's emuna b'mayach, there's belief in your mind, technically, intellectually, I believe, then there's emuna believe, and you're, you're feeling it. And then there's emuna be'evarim, that even our, our evarim, our, our, all of our arms and legs, all of our limbs, could also have emuna, that it goes so deep into us. Of course, these are high levels, but we could do a little bit. It can reach our bones. A person could say, I believe in Hashem, I believe in Hashem, I believe in Hashem. He's walking in the street, a guy pulls a gun, your money or your life, and he's trembling. Didn't you just say, I believe in Hashem? The trick, of course, we're not up at that level, but a little bit, when stuff happens to say, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, I believe in Hashem, I believe in Hashem, I believe in Hashem, I believe in Hashem, we will get through this, I believe in Hashem, Hashem is good, I don't need to understand why, I'm, I'm connected to Hashem, we're connected. We have Dveikos. I'm going to say Tehillim. I'm going to be close to Hashem. And, and I'm not alone. Because once you feel like you're alone, you can't handle the, the darkness. You can't handle life's bumps and challenges that every single person is going to have. Save the next generation. Please, I'm begging you. We have to save the next generation. I tried. I sat down for almost 10 years, five years with, with my, my dear friend, J.J. Shane, and about four years with my dear friend, Reb Zechariah Fruchtenler. We sat down and we wrote GPS, we wrote CPR, and, and, we, and we, it's out there. It's out there and it's good. And I didn't do this whole thing to sell a book. Believe me, I, I cost more money than I'll ever make. Let's save the next generation and save ourselves at the same time. Hashem should bench us that we will be Ayman bin Asayin. We will have nisayinus. We can't say Hashem should bench you that you don't have any nisayinus. 
Hashem should bench us that when we have challenges, we should be oymed bin When a person is in the ring fighting against his enemy, the ultimate victory is when he knocks the guy out so bad that he could just stand on top of that person and the other guy can't even move to throw him off of him. So the guy who's six feet tall, when he's oymed bin He's now seven feet tall. The Nisayinists make us, us grow. Nisayinists make us go higher by, by being oymed by them. We don't understand it. It's hard to see. We have to learn it. Just like you have to learn anything important. Just like if you want to learn yoga, you got to spend a thousand hours until you know how to stand on your big toe and hold your whole body like that. But there's something there. There's a reason why people do it. Master Yiddishkeit and give it over the pnimius of Yiddishkeit to our children. They'll learn how to read. Baruch Hashem, everybody today knows how to read. It's not like a, a thousand years ago. They'll know how to spell. They'll know Chumash. They'll know Rashi. They'll know, they'll know scholastically and they'll be good. But it's not worth all that much if they don't have the pnimius of understanding and feeling connected to Hashem who loves us all. Like a ben yachid. Like a, like a, like an only child that was born to parents when they were very, very old. The love that Avram and Sarah had for their son Yitzchak, we can't fathom. The love of a, of a couple that's waiting for their child 25 years, we can't imagine. That's a beginning of understanding the love that Hashem has for us. So why do we hurt? Even Moshe Rabbeinu didn't have an answer for that. But the point of it all is to be Ayman bin Hussain. Hashem should help us that when we have challenges, we should be Ayman bin Hussain. We shouldn't lose our Amuna and Bitachin. We should grab onto it and hold on it. Hold onto it stronger than ever before. Because that's when we need it most.